Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What up, everybody? Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross and Jack McKenzie here with you. And, man, we're going to have a lot of fun today, Jack. Uh, we had, last time we were on, we did the Big 12 over-under draft. Um, had a lot of fun with that. So I think it's time that we jump into the SEC today. Uh, also, man, you've had a lot of a lot of noise coming out of the ACC as they're currently in meetings. Um you had the magically the magnificent seven pop up out of nowhere, and yeah, I mean like, that's it so fits, weird. But it's so gaudy. Yeah, that, that's like, that's another thing. Like all of these new on. little, I, I don't was know. Fun. And it was very true. There was a lot of hatred there. Yeah, I think that's definitely better than the Magnificent Seven. It's just, it's funny to me that all these little monikers or however you want to put it, just keep popping up year in and year out. It's just funny to kind of see the tribalism involved with everything. And uh, we're also going to have a little uh, fun today. Uh, this was something I was trying to, I was trying to come up with something new, different, quirky uh, to play with. And it kind of ties because um, with, uh, Dylan Raiola announcing that he's going to commit uh, number one quarterback in the nation. He's announced that he's going to commit to Georgia. So I wanted to take a um, like an avenue as if we were a recruit. And I think it was fitting with Raiola. Uh, so we'll pretend like we are a quarterback and kind of go over what we were what we would look at, what would be our ideal situation if we were a current recruit. I think that's something fun, but you know, that's something we'll get to. But let's start with the SEC, man. Uh, yeah, let's get to it. This is a situation where this league, obviously, them and the Big Ten are, you know, whatever, the, the best, per se. Uh, but the quarterback play is lackluster at best. Um, it, it's it's intriguing. So when we're doing this, I'll let you start first. I'll let you draft first. You seem to have a better understanding and comprehension with this. So I I, I would not go anywhere. Bro, like when it comes that. to me, I'm I, I suck at betting. Like I'm I'm terrible at this. But I will I will definitely give it my all per se. But who's the first team you would draft on the over under out of the SEC? Oh, I didn't expect to have the first pick for some reason. I don't know. I'll why. take the first pick. No, no, I'll take it. I'll take it. You're gonna give it to me. Yeah, I'll take hell yeah, it. I'll give it to you. Why not? And. I got to say, the one I'm probably feeling the best about, oh, man. So, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a couple to pick between, and okay. I'm going straight to the top and the bottom. It's choosing between Georgia over 11 and a half and Vandy under, or over three and a half. Dude, the, the difference in that is just insane. Dude, like, like yeah. where it shows the separation for programs, top tier, bottom tier, that's absolutely absurd. And but it's both especially are insane to me for, like, one, you've got the two-time defending national championship back-to-back, looking right, to go back-to-back-to-back, yeah. back back, and arguably they're upgrading the quarterback play? Dude, yeah, like, not even close. Like, I mean, it it's crazy to me. And it's also crazy that I don't feel like the competition level is all that high. Like they 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 dodged games as far as what they have coming out of the West Division this year. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Um their their cross division matchups are let's see. Still no A and M. Ole Miss. 
and um, <laughs> who am I missing? Uh, Vandy. So you, yeah, Is Vandy in the, in the west. No, no Vandy's, Vandy's in the east. See, so you're cross. You're looking at Auburn. Auburn. It was. Auburn. And you're looking at Ole Miss. Those I'm are going to be your two crossovers. Under the whole Auburn should be in the east, and the Iron Bowl should be cross division safe. Um, that is anyway. not. That's blasphemous. I do not. I'm not an SEC guy, so that you is, can tell me no, that. that is blasphemy. Anyway, it's it's Auburn and Ole Miss. Like, you tell me either of those teams really scares Georgia? Hell no. Auburn's non- a wild card. Their like, non-conference is is like trash. I, it's it's like if you were going into World War II, but the people across from you were babies. That's fair. Like, I don't care. Like, they're never gonna win. So yeah, Georgia. Georgia at uh, over on the eleven point five. Um, I think I got to go with that. That's I fair. Think that's my number one pick, and it feels like such a cop out. But it's the national champs, and that's what I'm going to go with. No, I, I look. I respect that. It, the crazy thing is that when we're talking those numbers, and you're going an over, like that, just it, it's absurd that we're even to that point with any program. But I think that when you look at their schedule, though, I mean, it's we've just, been there with Bama in the past. Yeah, I know, and it just gets tiring. Yeah, it does. It does, it, it, it it does really get tiring. Does. I know you probably weren't expecting me to say that, but it does. No, uh, I expected you to say that because you're an LSU fan. You don't like Bama. Yeah, I mean, I respect the game. I respect Saban, but damn, dude, it's it's nauseating at times. Um, yeah, so so uh, after that, <laughs> get get us away from the nausea. Who you got? Uh, I'm going Kentucky over 6.5. Okay, that's an interesting one. I'm taking that. I like what Mark Stoops has been able to do down there at Kentucky. I think he's brought an edge um, and like a toughness that that program has been missing for years. There's always going to be the – um, we're a basketball school thing. Like you're never going to get away from that at Kentucky. I like that he fought it though. Oh hell yeah, dude! It, it, it did not back down. I love that. Um, I think also bringing in Leary. Uh, you bring in Devin Leary as your quarterback. Uh, Will I think he's a st- upgrade from Will Levis. I, I I was not sold on Will Levis last year. He had some good games, but he had a lot of bad ones as well. But I mean, you're looking at an opportunity if you're, you're going to you're starting five. And you should be five you and better, zero. You better be five and zero heading into the the away game in Georgia. Yeah, so you should be five and zero, two and zero in the SEC with wins at Vanderbilt and home uh, hosting Florida. You're going to get curb stomped by Georgia, and if you're healthy coming out of that's what's scary. If you when you play these. Bama's and Georgia's is, is you really got to worry about because you don't have the depth. So if you're yeah. healthy, even if you're not, I think you take care of Mizzou. Like that's a win. And then you get it open, uh, which you're definitely going to need you because you're playing Tennessee right after that. That's probably going to be an L. Um, I think you win at Mississippi State. Bama, you're going like, to lose. I think I really do think it comes down to these four games to pick up two wins. Missouri at Mississippi State at South Carolina. At Louisville. Absolutely. Which is weird because their back schedule, their back half of their schedule is loaded. You got, I mean, not loaded, but I mean, you got three away games and you're rounding it out on the road as well. Uh, South Carolina, dude, I don't really, I like Beamer. I think he's a good coach. I don't trust Spencer Rattler and I just, they're, they're so inconsistent. That, that's one of those where it's so tough to pick out of the middle of the pack because you're like, where are they going to be at the end yeah. of the year? Are they going to have injuries? Are they going to have like fallen apart? Just not, checked not out. due to injuries, yeah. but like checked out because they're not having success. Who knows, but... I think Louisville's going to be better. Um, They're not going to win that game. But they're not winning that game. I know it's a rivalry, and I know, like, anything could go, possibly, because rivalry games. Yeah, but but no. It just doesn't feel like it for for think I think Kentucky can get at least seven dubs, so I'm going to take the Wildcats first there. I like that. I like that pick, and honestly, they weren't really on my radar. I I should have looked a bit closer. Um, (laughs) 
but that mean that means I can take take the other one I mentioned earlier. I'm taking Vandy over three point five for my second pick. Very good pick. Because I mean, look, they've got Hawaii, Alabama, A and M, and then at Wake at UNLV to start it off. They better win three of those games. Yeah, I mean, you should. Like, I don't. I think you should honestly win four of them. Like I, the the Wake, you know. I, I don't know how Wake's reloading after losing their quarterback to Notre Paulson's Dame. a good coach too, and he's a good coach. Yeah, and they run a very intriguing offense yeah i i think i don't know if i said on this podcast before but i've definitely like just shooting shooting the shit with you yeah i've just kind of been like i would love to see that offense somewhere else i would love to see that offense get paired with an sec defense or you know just because i don't know if you know this uh maybe maybe our viewers don't but the long mesh rpo scheme that they run at at wake forest Uh where the quarterback is holding the ball to the running back's stomach for Ever. over a second, <laughs> over a second, like it's it's crazy, and it it makes the defense just like freeze. Yep. So I would love to see that that scheme elsewhere. So that's that's why I'm like not sold on them beating Wake, but if they looked like they improved last year, it looks like they're maybe. And this is relative to Vanderbilt uh-huh. on an upswing as a pro. I, I like their quarterback. I think they have a really good quarterback. It's just and so if you're they, limited. If man. they can't pick one off of a Florida, a Mizzou, maybe I don't know, maybe even a South Carolina or an Auburn. If they can't pick off one of those this year, then I'd be surprised. Yeah, I, I think they can win one SEC game this year, and that's all they're going to need to to hit the over. And it might be Mizzou, dude. I think it would be funny as hell if they went into the swamp and beat oh, Florida. I think that would make my season, I, dude. I am very low <laughs> like, on Florida. I think they, they have had a dumpster fire of an offseason, and they're going to have a dumpster fire of a season. Yeah, that's a great point. And I've, now that you said that, I'm kind of wishing I would have thrown them into the mix here <laughs> a little bit, but we didn't do that. So, um, man, give me, give me Mississippi State under six and a half Ooh, wins. Okay. Um, I just. You won't catch me rooting against Mississippi State this year. You just won't. No, I, I like, I think Rodgers is a good quarterback. Um, and that's not, that has nothing to do with how it, good or bad No, it's be. just obviously it's with Mike Leach. That's a terrible situation. I will not root against Mississippi State this year. Um, I just, when you look at their uh, schedule though, so we're looking under six and a half. Yeah, I mean, you should start off two and oh. Definitely. Um. And then you should drop three in a row. You should beat Western Michigan, which I don't know. That's tricky, dude. They should beat Western Michigan. They should, but those 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 programs like that scare the hell out of me yeah. <laughs> a lot. Hey, PJ Fluck ain't there anymore. I know, but still, they're uh, so you're looking at three and three heading into the bye probably, and they need to hit seven wins to hit the over. Yeah, I'm taking the under. Uh, Miss uh, Southern Miss, you should win that one. Uh, you're Arkansas is intriguing because at this point in the season. I don't know where they're at as a program. I don't know if KJ Jefferson is still all in mentally. Um, he is, should, are you, you should he's be. He's more likely to be all there physically under this new offense that Arkansas yeah. is going. It's a little more pro style, a little less quarterback run heavy. I just, I, I feel like they missed their window of opportunity with Sam Pittman. Like a couple of years ago, they were. Like, you could see it. That Texas victory. Yeah, like, you could see it. And it felt like they were building something, and then it It's just, just kind of flatlined, dude. Yep. And it's – I don't really know necessarily what all went into that. Obviously, Kendall Browse going to TCU, that's not ideal 
<laughs> especially with Jefferson coming back for his, what is he, sixth season, I think, in campus at Arkansas. And so I think that's going to be a loss. Uh, at Auburn, it's probably going to be a loss. That's a toss-up game, though. I'm high on Kentucky. I don't – A&M, I think they mm, – Mississippi they could State. probably beat A&M at that point, yeah. maybe. Because A&M... I have no idea where to I have no faith it. in them, dude. I have no faith in them. But Kyle but Field, I'm going to give it... The amount of talent they're supposed to have on the roster. Supposedly. You know, like... You got to put it together at some point. But yeah, I just... I don't see what it. If, what if A&M's whole thing has been, we hate the recruiting services and we're just going to try and prove them wrong? <laughs> It needs to be. We need some like, damn offense. I know. <laughs> like, it, it would just be really funny to me. I know they're like, sorry, yeah, stupid little joke. But yeah, A and M. A and M is on my list for what my third and final pick would be, but I am not taking that. You're not gonna take them. I'm not gonna take that because surprisingly, you haven't really touched the ones I've been looking at most. I know when we were talking about this. I was listening to you list out your name, your schools, and I was like, he doesn't really have any of mine. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, because I I was like, okay, he'll he'll pick one of my favorites, and and that'll that'll like uh, make the choice for me. Because I've I've got uh, I've got seven teams here. I do as well. Four in bold, and you have picked none of them. Exactly zero of my seven. That's intriguing. That's, I, 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 I could see like the four, but seven deeps very. Yeah. Like <laughs> you had seven options and you found them. <laughs> you, like, so my, my, like my last two bolded teams are Florida under five and a half and Mizzou under six and a half. Mizzou's my fifth team. I you gonna take, who are you going to take? Both of them are damn good picks. Like let's, let's look at the schedules. Uh, Cause Florida, the only wins for sure I see on here, like for sure, for sure, <laughs> like McNeese. are McNeese and Charlotte. <laughs> Not like Charlotte's a bad program. That one could get interesting if Florida's in That's a bad place That's another one of those, early. dude, those tricky teams, dude. <laughs> but like, I'm saying I think Vandy has a shot at beating Florida. So anyone above Vandy, like, shoot, man. Compared that to... Um, Mizzou. To Mizzou, Sorry brain fart there for a second but mizzou's got to get that one extra win they've got a higher line at six and a half mm -hmm. versus the five and a half of florida and while their schedule is probably no it's not even easy yeah we're taking florida we're taking florida Take under florida? five and a half i respect that uh this is where okay so i could easily take mizzou there i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb uh, and I'm probably going to be called a psychopath for this. Ooh, let's hear it. I'm taking Bama under 10 and, 10 and a half. Ooh, I do not I like, like that. their situation. I like that. I feel like this is a this is a program who you're no longer the bully on the block. You're no longer hoarding all this, this depth chart and can get away with mediocre quarterback play. I feel like Georgia's past you. LSU's on your heels. Tennessee is on your heels. Auburn, I mean, in a couple of years, might be with you, Freeze. I mean, he's a flawed no. human being, but he's a good coach. He, I he, hate him. He's to got death. to show me something this year to make me believe that. But I, I'm taking t Bama under ten and a half. I think automatically you should beat uh, Middle Tennessee. You should beat USF. Uh, Ole Miss is tricky. That's what I'm, that's when I'm kind of got up in the air. You should beat Mississippi State, A and M, Arkansas. 
Chattanooga, and Auburn for sure. I don't – the Texas game in week two is so intriguing to me. While it's at – in Bama, I feel like there's so much more pressure on Texas. Like, I feel like all of the pressure is on Texas. Like, you have an opportunity, especially the way they played that game last year in Austin. They should have won, honestly. Um I would not be surprised if the Horns went in there and beat them, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Saban was like, yo, Sark, uh, you ain't, you, you're still not here yet, buddy. You're still not here yet. We got you. Um, so that's one I'm on the yeah. fence. I, I I like this bet, honestly. I like taking the the under for yeah. Bama just because it's such, it feels like it's a really high line. It is. That's the thing. Like, like I, get, I think they're easily a non-win team. Bama. You get to mess up once? Yeah. This doesn't feel like a Bama that's only going to mess up once. No, I, I feel it's like – It's not a crazy schedule – and like, but yeah, they don't, dude, they I don't just, have Georgia. No. Auburn doesn't scare me, even though it's the Iron Bowl, and they'll come out of nowhere even when they're crap. Ole Miss is. Tra- I really feel like that Ole Miss game is one Bama better be careful with. I, I don't think Ole Miss has a roster necessarily. If they to, lose that Ole Miss game, but I think the entire SEC is going to go like, oh yeah. But I think that would also be very similar to going back like when Johnny and them beat them at A&M. I just feel like Ole Miss has like the right pieces, not necessarily to beat everybody, but I feel like like Lane Kiffin has it up there on his like level of things I have hey, to do in my career. Hey, don't underestimate. They have to go to Kyle Field. I know that. I just I still I don't trust A&M. I do respect the I guess there is some there's bad something voodoo there for Bama. Well, yeah, that and it's Bama versus A&M to me, it's not a rivalry. Do not get me wrong Hell when no. I say this, but it's got the mojo of a rivalry. That's fair. Like, because you have A&M everything. Is never dude. the coach beef. A and M is never out of that game. No, they're always like. There's been so much. Like, if you look historically like too, the crossover to Alabama. Yeah, like the coaching crossovers historically. There, that's a weird tie-in with those two programs that are total opposites from each other. It's so so odd. So what, the reason I brought up. It's not a rivalry, but to me, on the schedule, I look and I circle that game, and I'm like, don't bet on that, Jack. You have no idea what's going to happen in this game. It's like a rivalry, not because it's a rivalry, but because you cannot guess what's going to happen there. So I I, I feel confident in that. I think Bama's easily a nine-win team, uh, which 95% of the country would take and be very happy with. That's just not a standard in Tuscaloosa. Uh, so that's where I'm at, man. Those are my top three. Uh, a couple of the outliers I had that you didn't. I had Arkansas under seven and a half. Um, and then Mizzou, I was going to go under yeah. six and yeah. a half. And we, LSU we both had over. Mizzou. Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. The uh, other day, this Gray- is tricky. The other day, Grayson was doing a video in here. You, pro- you might have seen it on this channel already. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if we published it already or not. But I believe he had Tennessee under their nine and a half line. I, I was going to take the over. under. See, I was going to take the under on okay. Tennessee. So this is intriguing. So let me get to their schedule so real quick. Clearly, there's some debate here, and that's the reason why it was not in either of our top, yeah. uh, top threes or our collective top six. So when I'm looking at this, I feel like Tennessee should be four and zero heading into South Carolina. Absolutely. Um, UTSA is an interesting. That's game. the one, dude. Like I, I, I t- UTSA I think they win that nine times out of ten, probably. Even though I have so much respect for uh, Jeff Trailer. I, I, yeah, exactly. I think that they UTSA can make that game interesting for about a quarter and a half, um, and then it's going to 
separate. But I, I, I I'd do, say two quarters and a half. That's fair. Make it till at least halftime. Make it interesting. Uh, I just South Carolina's. I, they're such a wild card for me. I think Tennessee's the better team. Tennessee wants revenge for last year. Yeah, A um, and M. They should nah. beat A and M. Bama. I think is they're Bama losing gonna to lose Bama. twice in a row. I think is they Bama do. gonna lose that game twice in a row. I, I, I don't like. I, I don't I, know. But Bama Tennessee, being down has me feeling weird about this one. I just think the way that game went last year, it was so close, and that was the best Tennessee team they've had in twenty years. Um. I, I don't see Saban losing back-to-back, especially hey, when you're going to fair, Tuscaloosa. Fair enough. Tennessee's 6-1. Um, I'm still feeling good about the over. Uh, Georgia's a loss. Georgia's a loss, yes. I think Kentucky could be a loss, honestly. Um, see, that that puts me at two losses, though. Bama and Georgia, and that I that's all I can take to hit the over. So, for me, Tennessee needs to beat Kentucky at Kentucky. Beat UConn. Beat Missouri at Missouri and beat Vanderbilt. None of those sound out like I'm not. I'm not really all that worried about any of them except Kentucky. And so, really, I think that's that's where it hinges for for Tennessee. I see two games at Kentucky right. and South Carolina. I don't think they're losing to AM. And I think you could probably throw a Bama in that mix as well because honestly, Bama, if, if Bama's you, a that's a, that's I wouldn't a, put money on that. Yeah, but that's and a I, so that's why I say it hinges on South Carolina and Kentucky. Right. You can swap out Bama for one of them if you really want to, but that that's why I'm feeling good about Tennessee's over. I I really do feel like there are uh I'd say nine wins here. Yeah. One hundred percent for certain. And I feel ninety like ninety five percent certain they've got they've got that tenth. See, and that's where I'm at. Like I could see them getting nine. If they got ten, I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't feel comfortable putting my money on the line uh with that one. But I would I would probably play it safer and go the under that yeah. i just i just would with Fair Tennessee. Enough. well hey everyone if we didn't mention your team don't bet on them <laughs> don't, don't bet on them unless you're lsu take the over take nope. the over on the tagus nope yeah but anyway yeah, yeah. no don't take our, don't take our betting <laughs> advice we do not bet we don't know this like we're just sitting here being like yeah yeah i think that sounds good yeah <laughs> We shall see, though. But uh, we shall see. Let's have a little fun with this next. Let's get into this recruiting segment and pretend that we are a recruit. Uh, navigate this. I am Dylan Raiola. I am Dylan Raiola. I shall go to Georgia. <laughs> I didn't think we were going like full on Batman with this, but where's Rachel? <laughs> oh All right, we're going to get into that next here on the College Chaos, Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross alongside my man Jack McKenzie. And we're going to have a little fun with this, Jack. Let's pretend like we are a recruit. We are a quarterback fresh out the Elite 11. We are looking Damn, at I'm a our good quarterback. Dude, bro, we got to be, man. You better bring your A game. Be hashed up. Oh, yeah, that's up right. Because we get to choose. We get to choose. We have all the offers. Exactly. Don't we? Hell yeah, man. I want every offer in the nation, bro. So. There's a little. You wanted to do this for the parameters, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of a parameters guy. I I don't want to be like getting too much into like oh, but it's close to home. So where's home? You know? Right. Yeah. Um. Or like state school versus private right. school, any of that. But you set out some parameters for us. You want me to read them off? Yeah, go for it. Uh. So number one, obviously you're a QB. So you're looking for a proven coach. Correct. Number two. You're looking for a great supporting cast on offense. Correct. A lot of playmakers around you. And number three, winning a natty isn't everything. Eight. Now, how you interpret that 
might be different between the two of us, but to me personally, that means pro development weighs more than than college success. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, right? If you're if that's your ultimate goal is to be a an NFL quarterback, whether you win a natty or not, help. I mean, it doesn't look at like Ben Roethlisberger, Miami, Ohio. It went yeah. a damn, <laughs> you know. I mean, but you still win Super, Super Bowls. Bowls. So, yeah. I so. With this being considered, the first school that came to mind was USC. Um, I think that Lincoln Riley's track record uh, by himself of guys he's put into the NFL and the success that they've had make the Trojans a very viable option. And then now sprinkle in Cliff Kingsbury as well. Uh, he's got a he's got a pretty decent track record, you know, running the quarterbacks as well. So I think USC would definitely be one I am looking at. Um, I mean, USC just makes it's easy answer because it's the right answer, right? Absolutely, because like, like you can you can look at the team as in general, but like okay, the, what's the when you talk USC football right now? It's can the defense hang with the map? Well, cool, that's great, but if I'm a quarterback, and I knew I would like at the pro development more than winning in college, like you said, that fits the bill perfectly. Exactly. I mean, you're gonna have playmakers around you. You're it's perfect situation. And it seems like it's only going to go on the upswing where you're already getting everything you want. And it seems like they're heading into the big 10, possibly looking at taking a step up in national relevance yeah. and winning. So you, you get the best of both worlds on that last one. You get, you could hopefully get to win plenty in college and get that pro development. No, absolutely. And I think you won't. So you want me to go through my three, and then you do? How no, do you? no. Let's go back and forth. All right. So what you I got? feel like I got a good one here. Who you got? North Carolina. I would. It makes sense when you really think about it. Mac Brown is a pretty damn good coach. They've got an open offense in an easier conference where you really get to just have fun with some playmakers around you. They're not. They're not going to be the best of the best playmakers, right? But they're more than good enough for the ACC. And yeah. then throw on throw on that the pro history lately. Before Mac Brown got there, they had Mitch Trubisky. NFL bust, but he got that pick. I think he would have also developed better under Mac than Larry Fedora. Yeah, and also if he hadn't gone to the Bears. Uh, That's fair. I'm a Packers fan, so That's fair. got to take my shots. Um, beyond that, Sam Howell, another highly touted Dude. quarterback in college. And now they've, got, uh, now they've got one of the Heisman favorites in Drake May. Like, I think stuff's looking pretty good for UNC. And because winning a natty isn't everything, I think they fit the bill pretty damn well here. That's fair. Uh, they were one, like like I said, it, I kept, with Mac, you kind of wonder the timeline, how much longer he's going to stick around. That is true. That's um, something to worry about. But given the track record, I, I just that's crazy. Like I, I never even thought about North Carolina when we were doing this. That makes all the sense in the world, though. I'm going to stay in the ACC. Oh, staying in the ACC. Um, I'm going to Clemson. I just feel like when you look at coaches who have put out quarterbacks who have had success or shown success in the league, uh, Dabo does that. Um, and I know you could probably look at DJU last year and say, well, did did, he lose, did Dabo lose his touch? I think that was more so of DJU just needed a change of scenery. Um, and yeah. when you have K Club Nick nipping at your heels and every freaking fan wearing orange and blue is wanting him to be the guy – you know, it makes sense. So I'm not going to knock DJU for that. Um, and then you bring over freaking Garrett Riley. Are you yeah. kidding me? So now I get to work with him as well. And Jeff Scott's coming back. Like, I, I feel like that is – and you're in a situation where – Clemson's 
Clemson's a weird team, dude, because like they have a lot of talent, but they don't have like bundles of talent. Like you have you you have like one or two playmakers here and there, but you don't have like a depth chart just loaded. You don't have a depth chart that's just loaded, and frankly, I think Clemson if they succeed this year, if they make it to the playoff and make some noise this year, I think it's going to be one of those examples of how a team is the more than the sum of its parts. That's fair. Like they might not have the playmakers, but if they make it to the national championship game, they've made it there because they are just a really good team. They play together. So that that's where I'm at on Clemson. And I, I fully agree. I think it's a great place to look if you're a quarterback. Or oh yeah. I mean, you have the ability to both have that pro preparation and win a natty mm-hmm. coach is there. And he's, He's not leaving unless he says something really stupid. And Clemson seems to have a decently high bar on what's really stupid. Yeah. At least for Dabo to say. So, like... <laughs> that's funny. You know what I'm I know. saying. I know. You know what I'm know. saying. I know. That's why I'm just... <laughs> so... So, and you're... And, like, look at the, the running backs and receivers they've had come through. Yeah. None of them have, like, made a huge amount of noise in the pros. But they're more than good for college. No, they really are. And the benefit there, like what you're not going to have at USC, is you're going to have a defense. You're always going to have a defense that's going to help you out. So, I mean, that's I mean, kind of like the perfect. Anymore, but. but still, I think that Clemson's yes, going to get they, the dudes. They play more defense in Clemson. Yeah, so Clemson would be my number two school. Who you got, number two? Oh, man. Number two, this is where kind of like my clear choices start ending. Uh, uh, this is my last clear choice. Okay. Ohio State. Really? As yeah. a quarterback? I mean, I get it. I just... I can only argue with how many guys go there for so long. Like, I, I know they don't they don't all stay. The best ones seem to leave, actually. But... <laughs> like, I, I, I understand the why you would want to go play at Ohio State. I just... The, uh, you, will, you will go to... There will not be a better supporting cast of wide receivers. That's number uh, no. one. No, I mean, you're going to have you, arguably You will the have the best supporting cast you will have Period. probably anywhere at least in the wide receiver room. You've got chances to make the playoff and win natties. Yeah, I just... Quarterbacks keep getting drafted out of Ohio State. But that's the thing. Like, you can get drafted, but they don't really have a guy. I I feel like Ohio State's one of those... Oh, yes. I'm with you there. No, I I just feel like, yeah, Ohio State's one of those programs that you're always looking like, how the hell do they not have a quarterback that pans out? And it's like, are they just beneficiaries of all the talent around them and they don't develop? I just... I get it. Is it about the offense, which always seems like this weird offense to me? It gets it. It gets it done. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's 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 like it's such a weird offense. I don't even know how to put put my thumb on it. It's just it feels like it's dynamic only because they have dynamic playmakers in it. It feels like it's a really stock standard we're doing nothing cool or innovative here we've just got better players than you kind of offense which is why i feel like michigan like bama too i mean that's it's at least maybe now back when sark was there it was different yeah but you see what i'm saying like there's there's not like necessarily innovation there but you're gonna have great talent around you which is gonna elevate you you're going to be on draft boards like it gets everything done to the point of the individual you like if you're the quarterback here you just have to think you're different no no wonder why so many quarterbacks go to ohio state every quarterback thinks they're different true yeah because if you're a quarterback you definitely have an ego with you too so so you know what i'm saying like i would not choose ohio state personally but the parameters, mm. I feel like they fit. 
That's fair. I like that. Besides, I don't know who else I'm going to go with after this. And, like, we're, we're both going to choose at least one more. Yeah, and then I want, we can get us some future picks as well. But I want to... Yeah, because for now, we've been looking kind of like last five years. Right, like right, right now, yeah. how's it feeling? But, like, say say we're like... What would, a 2026. Or a 2027. Yeah. Good. I, I was I was then about to guess yeah. a year. I'm like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of what the right year is. Yeah. But, it, like, say you're a 2027 recruit three years down the line, like... Who, it's gonna look who, a lot different. It's gonna look a lot, <laughs> a different. lot different. So, uh, do you have one one more that's like kind of current? Or are we getting into the future picks now? Uh, my last one, I would say it's current ish with the potential of the future. I'm taking the Longhorns. Um, I think if you're if you <laughs> while they haven't necessarily had a true guy go out and be a star in the NFL at the quarterback position in quite a, long a while. Time quite a while um if you're the quarterback at texas who helps them get over the hump uh you're that dude like right you know what i'm saying like i think you get there's something about yeah. if you're if you take texas and take them as the quarterback there's something dare to i that. say it even more so than it used to be absolutely especially now like, dude, it, like ta- it takes that much more of a dude to get texas over the hump now Bro, yeah, not even especially when you're heading into the SEC, and, and then you look at the talent in the. Because all right, here's the thing: like, of course, I want talent around me. Texas is going to get the best players all the time, and then at least out of the state of Texas, exactly. and you know how how bad those guys yeah, are. Yeah, they're just like, gone. They're, 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 they're no, just, they're not good. Yeah, no, not at all. And if I know, I got like sarcasm. Um, <laughs> I got those. Just to be clear. I got those deep pockets. That's gonna, oh. you know, you're gonna give my offensive lineman fifty oh, k a piece, and we're gonna set me up nicely back just here. How much gold is buried underneath the forty acres, bro? There's, I don't know, man. There's a lot. It's in this black gold, that oil, bro. <laughs> like that. They got that. They got that money. But no, yeah. I think that I think that playing for Sark. Um, you're going to be in a fun offense. He's going to put you positions to win. Uh, I think he's a player's coach who's going to let you have more input um, and just kind of be free with it. And I think that when you look at the competition you're going to have in that room, like just look at their quarterback room this year, dude, whether it's Malik Murphy, Quinn, or um, Arch, like that is ridiculous. And I love the fact that Murphy's staying there. I think that's a brilliant move on his part. But that's another topic. Yeah. But I just feel like Texas is in a position – you're 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 set up perfectly if you can be that guy to take them to the next level, and if you're a quarterback, why wouldn't you want to go there? That's, why, wouldn't that's, I, why wouldn't I want to go there? Frankly, and this is not a knock at all. It's just the amount of competition. That's fair. I mean, because like, it's going to be there. I know we already said most quarterbacks they really believe they're the guy, and that's yeah. why Ohio State picks up so many, and then half of them transfer. True, but. I think we're going to start seeing something very similar at Texas where they get guy after guy after guy. If Stark stays there and has success, they're going to keep getting guys after guys after oh, guys. Yeah. And then half of them are going to transfer. Yeah. I mean, it's that's just the nature of the beast. Though. So, like, if that if that's my number one reason why I'm like, eh, I don't know about Texas for me if I'm that quarterback recruit, right. Texas is in a great spot for that then. Absolutely. Now, I definitely think they need to prove some stuff this year. They need to prove that they're still on an upward trajectory. Yep. But if they do that, then that's probably probably conference championship level for the Big 12 at least. And I think that 
that's a good level to be at. That's the level you need to be at for that. Absolutely. And I don't think I need to see like further growth after that. Like if you hit that level, that's the level you need to be at right. for these quarterback recruits. So I'm not trying to set the seat, the, the bar too high on Texas. Yeah. Here. Wearing all my Baylor gear. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah. I am I'm out of current ones at this point. So I'm looking a little more towards the future. Okay. Which is even more future looking than what I just kind of put on Texas. Tennessee's the first one that comes to mind. Absolutely. They're one of my future picks as well. I mean, Hoyple's offense, I don't know how it translates to the NFL, which kind of makes me question that kind of pro ready, pro development like parameter. Yeah. But he's always had a good offense. So I'd I'd say it's a proven enough coach. Good quarterbacks seem to keep wanting to play for him. Mm-hmm. He's got a beast of a talent in Joe Milton right now. And the supporting cast, if they're going to keep having fun on offense, receivers are going to keep going there. They are. Who's I, who's going to be the next Jalen Hyatt? Someone. We were, like, we talked about this earlier. It's yeah. like, they're going to have someone. Yeah. So, I feel like Tennessee's a good pick for a future. Uh, you, got any, you got anyone else? You got any? So, there's... All right. So, I have... Other than Tennessee, I got four... Few, more so three future schools... I think we I think we share a pair out of them uh, for the Big Ten. Yeah, so all right, let's start with the Big Ten. I'm going to go Wisconsin. Um, I think that when you have Luke Fickle coming in, you bring Phil Longo in as your offensive coordinator. There's obviously going to be um, some a learning curve there as a whole. I mean, if you go and look at their spring game, you're probably thinking I'm absolutely insane because they were just garbage. But I think they're going to be fine, and I feel like that's a system. Um, you're going to have the talent around you. You're playing in the Big Ten. I just feel like Wisconsin is a team right now that has all of the cards on the table, like all the right pieces together to become a power. And if I was a quarterback and I'm paying attention to that, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a Badger. I have a very weird feeling about Wisconsin because, like, yes, I, I also think Wisconsin's a possible future one. It's weird for me, though, because supporting cast, I'm looking at how Wisconsin always seems to have really good offensive linemen. Exactly. You're going to have protection. Yes. They always seem to have a good running back. Yes. You're going to probably have a decent balance to the offense. Are you going to have a lot of dudes at receiver? You're going to have to get, like... That's going to come. That's going to hopefully come. Well, that, that's so, the thing, though, too, is, like, in that offense, though, you don't have to have star receivers. Like, yeah. you just need dudes to get open. Which is kind of what I want to get at in, like... It might not be... This offense is going to produce the next Mahomes, but it might produce the next Tom Brady. Yeah, and I don't mean that like goat seven. No, rings, I know it's like the guy like who the, the forgotten guy the who more, continued the more to develop. Type. Yeah, exactly. Also, not a shot at Tom Brady. <laughs> just like a guy who just goes out there and makes the right a Peyton Manning, a blue collar dude, a dude who's just going to yeah. go out there, be smarter than everyone, make the right reads, be accurate. Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, that kind of. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Not not the supreme arm talent kind of guy like Mahomes or maybe a Rogers. Right. Um, but I will have to say, there's another program I'm interested in the Big Ten. It's my Big Ten program. They just picked up Graham Harrell's ROC. Whoop, whoop. Purdue boiler up. I got Purdue on here as well. I do. Hey, they seem to always be able to pull quarterback recruits out of Texas, which is consistently producing some of the best quarterbacks. Yeah. At least for college football. Yes. And I'm just interested to see what Graham Harrell can do running his offense at a program that doesn't seem to be as much of a dumpster fire as West Virginia. Well, not just that. Like, even if you go out to USC, like, when he was at USC, they're just – that was a bad, bad vibe. There was – I feel like Purdue is probably the best This seems fit. like the most stable Sta- place he's been 
hands down. In a hot minute. And I honestly think he's probably working with the best quarterback right now this year um, in Hudson Card that he's had probably ever. I mean, I think there was a lot of hype last year um, when you were looking at um, JT Daniels. That obviously didn't pan out, and I'm not putting that on Graham Harrell. I'm putting that all on JT I've Daniels. I've seen more from Hudson Card than I've ever seen Absolutely. from JT Daniels like playing college football. And on top of that, I think there's further success to be had past Hudson Card because, frankly, Purdue's recruiting history. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you know this. No, they get some does, people. Some, some people used, used to call, at least used to, call Purdue the cradle of quarterbacks. They've had multiple Super Bowl winning quarterbacks come out of there. A lot of them are on the older end now, but Drew Brees was the latest greatest, and he's going to, like, he actually joined the coaching staff mm -hmm. around the bowl game to help see them through their head coach transition with Jeff Brown leaving for Louisville. Which is excellent, dude. Like, I think that was phenomenal to bring Breeze back and get him involved. But that's yeah. one thing, like, I feel like a lot of programs forget about their, not necessarily, but wouldn't do that. Like, they'll get away from that. And I'm like, why would you not? That's a crutch, or not necessarily a crutch, it's probably a bad turn, but that is a gold mine that you're not taking advantage like, don't just of. bring them back to like walk onto the field and the quarter break get them and, to and interact be, like, make, to be a part of the program i think yeah. that's essential and I, I love that they're doing that at purdue uh one wild card on here uh, yeah who, who are you gonna finish us off with because i'm done i'm toasted i don't have any more so I, I have two but i'm feel more confident on one arizona state arizona uh, Ooh, i kenny think dillingham. kenny dillingham is going to <laughs> has the opportunity to wake up a sleeping giant um, the location is elite. Oh, I, I know, I know, I, I, I know. I'm not even trying to like down it. Like I understand it. it the, the talent pool out there, they're so like I'm not, I think Garrett I think loves Arizona loves the Sun Devils. I do. Well, like I, I don't love Sun Devils. I love the state, but I feel <laughs> like the the like we talk a lot about high schools and these states, but I feel like Arizona kind of gets lost in the shuffle, dude. But you, they have a lot of Chandler and all those programs. They have a lot of talent out there. Um, I just feel like with Dillingham coming in, he's something that this program has needed for a long time. You already got Jaden Rashada coming in, so other quarterbacks are starting to take notice as well. Um, I just feel like that's an ideal location. You're, you have an opportunity to be one of the better teams in the conference if you put the right pieces around you, especially with USC headed off and UCLA headed off to the Big Ten. Uh, I feel like in a few years, we're going to start seeing more high-caliber players head out and become Sun Devils. I hope we do. I really hope we do. Um, I, I I don't really have any arguments there. I would not. I don't know why I wouldn't have, but I would not have thought of ASU. So, uh, let's see. Can you surprise me with your, your last one? The one, well, it's going to be sound pretty Homer-ish. I was going to say LSU because okay, no, that's, a I know, no, 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 that's a segment, everybody. Exactly. No, but like, <laughs> I think that right now, like we tried this conversation the other day, like they have done a pathetic job of recruiting quarterbacks forever for the most part. Um, but you're starting to hit in the portal, ironically. So I feel like Garrett Nussmeyer is probably going to be that dude that get, that is your true recruit who comes over, takes the rain and rides out. But you're always going to have the talent around you. NIL isn't a problem. Everything you want. But my, my hiccup, and I think you're going to agree with this, is Brian Kelly is not exactly a quarterback whisperer. I'm glad I didn't have to say it. He's not. Because like, I, f I feel like if you looked at the – you had great teams 
and your quarterback was one of your biggest holes for LSU over what the last decade outside of Burrow. Hell yeah, at least the last decade, <laughs> probably longer. You're telling me you don't see like a, a a diet coke version of that problem up at Notre Dame under Brian Kelly? I mean, yeah, they always had dudes, but their quarterback play was exactly uh, yeah. That's what kind of gets like, me hung up so, on it. So I I just I cannot trust LSU on that, and you know. It's interesting that that we were talking about Notre Dame a little here in connection to to LSU. Talked about ASU, and there's so much that I want to get to in this next segment about conference realignment. Because ASU might find themselves in a different conference very soon. Very well could. Notre Dame might be out a scheduling partner soon because a magnificent seven, well, I guess an elite eight now or whatever you want to call it because of Louisville <laughs> joining up. Uh, but there is there is movement now from the ACC towards unequal revenue distribution. And if they don't get that, they might have the numbers to dissolve the conference. So some of these, some of these quarterback recruit destinations that we've been covering, uh-huh. they could be very different destinations in the next five, 10 years. So uh, we're going to take a look at that in the next segment. And this is the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. I totally faked Garrett out there. You did. You did. Anyway, I don't think anyone's faking anyone out in the Pac-12. You were just bringing up what the Arizona State president, or was it the AD? It's AD Ray Anderson. So, yeah, yesterday uh, he had comments, of course. And this, to me, is the biggest freaking problem with everything that's going on in the Pac-12. So, if you go back a couple of months, Ray Anderson came out and he was like, we're going to have a TV deal by the end. Was it May? or it was? We're going to have a TV deal in the next couple of months. You just mark it. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. We're still waiting, and we're still going to be waiting. So he comes out yesterday saying, once again, that we're all just fine. We're not going nowhere. We're happy here, and we're all focused in on the Pac-12, and we'll have it done in another couple. Dude, shut the hell up already, please. Like, at this point, this is causing more of the problems for that conference and George Klyavkov. Like, I understand the questions are going to come, and rightfully so, but if, if you're in a position, and this is totally my opinion, and you shoot it down, whatever, I don't care. But I would be, if I was asked about any realignment, and I'm a president or an AD, I would simply say, we are waiting until the deal is presented before us, then we will make the best decision for our university as a collective whole. End of freaking story. Catch me when that happens. You keep doing this, this keeps stirring the neg- the, the narrative and making everything just chaotic. I don't think that what you would like to say is necessarily the right thing to say at all times. I think that that can make the conference look not cohesive. and well, it's some, already some, looking not I know, cohesive. I know, I know. Like, early on, I think that's a bad thing to say. At this point, I think it's the right thing to say yeah. because it's already you're already getting lowballed. Early on, I think you gotta you gotta try and play up the like. I think that, no, that's fair. But I feel like it. It, at this, but at point, this point, dude, like, at this yeah. point, that's the wrong thing to say. Um, but I'm really interested in all of this because even as the Pac-12 keeps looking so scatterbrained and weak and like damn near desperate, 
you got to turn your head across the country now and look over at the ACC and wonder, is all this noise from the ACC, the Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, whatever you want to call it now because of however many schools it is now, Mm -hmm. looking at unequal revenue distribution or merit-based distribution uh, for like uh, postseason money. You got to look at them and, and wonder if they don't very quickly go through that issue. And I know people have been saying they're close to, to solving that and close to just accepting the, the merit-based stuff. If they don't accept it soon, if they don't have a final say on that soon, I think it's starting, that could they could start helping the pack. They could, ah. start, they could start looking like, look, if you're, if you're the Big 12, I'm not saying the Big 12 is in a great position of power here. But if you're the Big 12, would you rather add schools like Louisville and Pitt really make a nice little pod out there around Cincy and West Virginia? Or would you rather add Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado? I think it's a tough decision. Uh, well, I think you got to be diligent. To me, like, and I, I, I feel like any team, any conference, all right, you, you bring up the Big 12 there, for instance, right? Like, so the Big 12, once Texas and Oklahoma are gone, or will actually be sitting at 12 teams. I feel like the sweet spot that people... That's weird. Are, I know. The sweet spot that people are looking at, though, to me, is 16 to 20 teams. And if I'm the Big 12, they've, there's already had, you've already had the talks about Gonzaga, so they don't play football. So what do you do there? Are you looking? I, I just I would be careful with who I picked and the time of it because you don't want to go all in and say that say the pack does dissolve, right? You, to me, it's not ideal to just conveniently. And it, I mean, I just I would be apprehensive to grab all four of the cor- four corner schools. I would might oh, take yeah. two of them. Um, and then just wait and see because you don't want to you don't want to put yourself in a bind and grab up all four of them. Then the ACC dissolve at twenty thirty two and you're screwed. But you see what I'm saying there? I think it takes pressure off the pack because so it's like if the Big Twelve decides you know what we only want to we want to keep a little more flexibility. Then what I'm looking at is you take Colorado, you take Arizona, or maybe you take Arizona, Arizona State. However that falls, right? right. Well, then there are still eight teams left, and the Pac-12 is already looking at adding two. But here's my here's, so like I feel like there are more ways out for the Pac if there's less pressure for we're going to lose four schools to the Big Twelve. So this ACC stuff, I think it might actually be helping the Pac-12. I don't because I don't see realistically how you could even merge or bring ACC teams out to the pack like is that what you're worried about like there no no no. what i'm what i'm saying here is that the other conferences if the acc is actually in play to be split up by the sec the big 10 the big 12 Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the pack is looking like they might be able to out survive the acc because i think they're a definite target like oregon and washington the big 10 is like unless you're brett mcmurphy i think pretty odd on that i think that the, I think that like North Carolina is a shoe in for the Big Ten over Oregon and Washington. Be. So, do you see what I'm saying here? Is I think there's more desire for ACC schools from all three conferences that look to be in stable positions right now than there is because there's only one school, one conference that's looking at taking taking off the Pac-12. No, the yeah, the Big Ten's already made their move, and they'll probably like 
if there's no other options, then I'm, of course they'll go for Oregon and Washington eventually. I, I think also, like, I, I would, I think it's a great concept of grabbing, like you were saying, with Pitt and, and Louisville, which I think both of those teams would fit actually yeah, really like well. Um, my thing is, like, what school, like, say, say it, because I feel like everything's going to stay put, Pat, more so with the, I feel like everything's going to stay pat through this cycle. I'm looking at the next TV cycle because I think that's when okay. we're really going to see the chaos and the movements. I don't because agree, but that's fine. I, I just I, I feel like you're going to see people stay pat. They're going to ride this out. 2031 comes up, and the Big Ten's all going to get another deal. I think everybody will get another deal. No, the ACs, the SEC will be like a 2034, but everybody's still going to get deals before the ACC. And I feel like once it gets closer to 2031, you're going to see the rumblings, the festering of the ACC become louder because that's less buyout money and everything. That's where I would be more concerned about the ACC falling apart. And then if it did, and you're the Big 12 or the Pac-12, how many of those teams realistically think from an ego standpoint that they're a, a better uh, above you? Like – you're not you're not getting Florida State, you're not getting Miami, you're not getting Clemson, you're not getting none of them. So then you need to figure out which programs fit you best and I think you're starting to see that. You're going to see I think Virginia would probably go to the Big 10 there because of the academics and everything. Virginia yeah. Tech I think would be great for the Big 12. As, and I think that would also help with the logistics I really wonder too. Where Virginia Tech would land? I wonder where Miami would land. I think Miami Cuz Miami's screwing them screwing around a little too much right now. They're, you know what I'm saying? They're over their skis a little, but at the same time, I think the Big Twelve would love to have them. Love to have a Florida school to pair. Miami's with. has Miami will not ever come to the Big Twelve, ever. If the ACC is dissolving, they will, and the SEC doesn't want them. Is the Big Ten going to want them? Probably not. But I don't. I just don't see them. Do you see the SEC wanting them for certain? I think the SEC would definitely. I think they would be like the third wheel. Like the SEC would definitely go Clemson, Florida State. You, so do you see where I'm getting? No, I I'm get it. I get like, that you're seeing that they could get left out and only have one option and have to come. I, I totally understand that. I just feel like they I mean, would I fight that. It's the most realistic thing. I think they would fight that tooth. And, like they feel to me, they feel like they are way bigger, better, and everything than the Big Twelve. Even though if you yeah, but they're screwing around too know, much right now. I know it's just they're a weird program. Dude. Besides, they're good in basketball. They fit. Yeah, and that's no. That's another thing. That's that's one thing I wanted to touch on real quick. And I'm glad you said that. The the funny the the intriguing thing I've noticed in all of this is how much is bas how what is basketball's value? Because we hear all the time, like the Big Twelve, for instance, the fewer is, is, options there are, the bigger value it has. So if only the packs in play the bigger value basketball has. Arizona moves the needle that much more in Arizona State you know, because I, of that. But I mean, like as a whole, but. Like as a whole, where where is basketball? Because that that's what I'm trying to Duke get. Duke is here. lost. Like like Duke, dude, for real. Like they are irrelevant in all of this, and they're one of the earlier this earlier this spring. Weren't we both saying Duke could have a sneaky good football team this year? I think Duke's going to have a sneaky good football team. I think they're going to have a quarterback who is a top five quarterback in the ACC. It could very well be a top five quarterback in the SEC or the Big Twelve. So I think. I think it's interesting because I, I think we both believe that the ACC is going to stay intact and 
we'll be talking again about this five, Absolutely. ten years. Yeah, down this the isn't road. going anywhere. And so maybe by then, Dukes come out of the cellar in football and made something of themselves. Made made a program that's like what? six wins is a bad year. That's the thing. Like I, I feel like every school, and especially I think this is where the merit based finances would help everybody out there because you need somebody else besides Clemson and Florida State to step up and become relevant and competitive in football because if that doesn't happen more competitive than someone like North Carolina yeah like you really know you need people need to be winning the ACC besides those two programs over the next 10 years like and it would honestly if you were able to pull off what the Big 12 has done and have like three or four different teams win it, which I think you're going to see that become a consistent theme in the Big 12. Um, I think that would definitely benefit everybody over there, and that would make all of those programs more viable options. And I think you need to look at it if you're in the ACC as that. Like, we've got to step our game up because if this all goes down, like, we want to make sure that we're not going to get left out. And I think that's where you can benefit from the merit-based stuff. Yeah, I think there are a lot of benefits to the ACC from the merit-based stuff. I don't know if they're actually going to get there yet. And I think the longer it takes for them to reach an agreement on that, the more interesting these conversations will get. It will. Because I, I, I will stand by it. I think the more the ACC gets into play here, the better it is for the Pac-12 surviving. I mean, I, I get it. I, I get I it. I really do see them as connected. Uh, but maybe that's just me. Anyway, I've had fun exploring this today. I don't know about you. I did. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in here to the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett, what else should they tune into? Uh, make sure you go 365 Sports in the afternoon. We have it uh, 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time daily. Uh, go check that out. Uh, make sure you go over to the College Basketball Channel. What is the proper name of that? I'm terrible with that one. Uh, College Basketball 365, I believe. Go check that out. We have all sorts of content over there, including King McClure's new show, King's Court, which drops uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. New episodes coming out. And we have a bunch more stuff around the corner. Go over to Sikkim365.com. Uh, for all the latest information on Baylor Athletics. Yeah, our Baylor channel here on YouTube, uh, Baylor Athletics on Sikkim 365, just hit 2,500 subscribers. We're pretty proud of that. Yep. And uh, here on this channel, look out for Grayson's uh, Grayson's Crystal Ball videos here on Crystal Ball College Football. And uh, maybe something else. Maybe something else. We'll, we'll, we'll see. figure we, that we, out. We, we, we've got some stuff brewing. We'll figure but, that uh, out. Stay, stay tuned. Anyway. Thank you guys for tuning in again. This has been the College Chaos Podcast. Peace.